Toff happened after when I was 12. That was like the last professional thing I did before I was like, and now I'm focused on school. So it's pretty wild because I had this growing career and a lot of people would probably look at this now and be like, well, that was stupid. You may know Michaela Murphy as the voice behind Toff on Avatar. I am on Toff. But what you didn't know is that she basically raised herself. My mom had to work, and so I started being home alone at six, which I, is normal for me. But then people are like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. I knew how to make food. I know how to clean. Hanging out. No big deal. Overcame anxiety as an actress. So anytime a director in a room would like look at me a certain way, uh, communicate something a certain way with, with a certain tone of voice, I would be like, oh, they hate me or, oh, I did it wrong, or, oh, they didn't like that, whatever, and I would get super insecure. The worst the worst one, I ended up, like, sitting under a chair. To succeed in Hollywood and help financially support her mother, and even graduated from Yale. I'm Eric, co-founder of Carrot. We help creators with their finances. And join us today for 36 questions to fall in love with Michaela Murphy. I'm here today with Michaela Murphy, a.k.a. Jesse Flowers, <laughs> a.k.a. voice actress for Toph from Avatar, The Last Airbender. Woo. Also, Yale graduate, brand new but quickly improving pickleball player, <laughs> and what I hope is the start of a newfound and beautiful friendship. How, how did wow. I do? Wow, that was an incredible introduction. I need to bring you around everywhere with me. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy just to be your hype man. Be like, please, oh, excuse me. Please, please. anytime. <laughs> This is me. Yeah. I've got lots of different names. Michaela, Jesse, Toff, Pickleball Extraordinary. Yeah, you just pick pick from the basket. Yeah. Um, thank you for teaching me, by the way. You are the reason why I started Pickleball ever in you my whole life. You are a so. very quick read. Uh, thanks. Yeah, we make a great team. <laughs> there we go. Good. We love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So my very first question is, yeah. I remember you told me that when we were at Yale, you were actually studying to become a surgeon. Yes, very. It didn't last long, but yes, I was very pre-med uh, up up until my sophomore, I guess, year of, of college. So when I was recording Avatar, I was a child. This was like, you know, 17. How old were you when you were recording Avatar? I was 12 and 13. Oh, you were legitimately yeah, a child. Yeah, I was legitimately the age of Toph when I was recording wow. Toph. Isn't that pretty rare in Hollywood <laughs> these days? Like it, the voice actors and actresses uh, are much older? It really depends on, uh, it, it kind of just fluctuates. So the industry goes through like periods of hiring adults to play younger and then being yeah. really focused on hiring authentic children and then they keep going back and forth. So it I just depends. I love the term authentic children. No, I know. <laughs> as opposed to, you know, the, 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 fake, the, children. the fake children. The, it's a real <laughs> epidemic. So I'm glad they it's got one. AI of is coming in. Authentic uh, real ones. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it just depends on the studio and the project and whatever. Because a lot of people do want to hire kids as opposed to just doing adults. But I was 12 and 13. So my, my whole little agenda was that I was going to be an actress and I was quite lofty and I was like I'm gonna get my name on the walk of fame by the time I'm 14 and then I'm gonna quit acting I'm just gonna wow. stop cold mic drop mic I'm drop out. I'm out and then uh start on on kind of pre-med start like focusing on biology and math and just doing like pre-med camps over the summer and then my goal at the time was like I'm gonna go, go to UPenn for some reason I had this obsession mm. with UPenn I don't know why because then I visited and I didn't really like it so sorry anybody UPenn who viewers right now I know I'm hard. so sorry it was fine it was one of my best friends from high school went there but um yeah, I was just focused on school. I wanted to do the normal, like, go to high school, go to prom, go to college thing. I wanted to do that checklist. I didn't want to, like, be an actor kid, I guess. I love that because, like, yeah. you've described two extraordinary events most children would not be considering, which, yeah. by the way, these events happen to cancel each other out. You're like, okay, so first I'm going to become a star, and then I'm going to stop being a star and become, <laughs> like, an award-winning surgeon who also, yeah. like, got to have prom at high school. I just want to do it all. I really think that's that's the mantra of Michaela. It's just, wow. like, doing it all. She wants it She wants yeah. it all. She wants it all, as Sharpay Evans so wonderfully says in um, High School Musical. Yeah, a source <laughs> of wisdom for us <laughs> even today. So, yeah, I, I, you know, was focused on super, I was super math girly. I went through and did all the APs and then was in, like, multivariable calculus, some college course my senior year of high school. I don't honestly know why Yale accepted me because I was just this strange little... <laughs> ball of like I'm good at math I also sing acapella and I dance and I like wrote lots of quirky things in my essay I was like who says friendships can't last forever goose feathers they're forever I was like a very interesting wait wait okay teenager. first of all I think that's self-explanatory I'm glad that Yale saw the let's say it is unique 
creative potential in you. Second, good in yeah. many things. Oh God, what a problem, Michaela. Third, <laughs> what is this Goose Brothers thing? Goose feathers. Goose feathers. Yes, w- it was what? like it's like an exclamation, like Goose feathers. Like that was just your yeah, it was like phrase. a thing I said at the time. Yeah, I love and that. I included it in the essay. So you'd be like, <laughs> I am Michaela. I think friends can be friends forever. Drop my goose feathers. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Kind of. I actually, I don't know if anybody else does this, but sometimes I like reread my Common App I essay. Do this. Yeah, just to be like, was this, you know, representative of me? Would I change anything now? Like, do I feel like this was my best foot forward? And that is one of the most accurate pieces of writing to reflect wow. my character at the time that I really, I really do think I sent like my best version of like how to portray me as a person, my values, things experienced in my life. Um, and that, that's like a cool thing, I think, getting older because I'm 28 now. So like that was a decade ago, right? And being like, yeah, I wouldn't change this. That's pretty Love cool. That. So anyway, I got to Yale. Yale was insane. Very hard, very hard. Um, I went to a pretty intense high school, but you know, th- there's just nothing like being thrown into a pool with a bunch of other really, really insanely intelligent and talented people. And you're like, oh, I ain't. <laughs> so the first year kind of took me out. It dragged me a little bit, uh, and I realized just lots of lots of things. First of all, I don't think I had the stamina to keep going on with pre-med because um, it's a long, 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 yeah, long journey. But also, uh, I don't know. There were, there were lots of things in the reality of the pre-med journey that just don't align. I'm kind of a hippie. I'm a little Eastern medicine-y anyway, um, and there's a lot of research and politics that you have to deal with, and I just wanted to be in like the operating room. Like I liked the idea of pre-med because I wanted to be a surgeon. I want to be in the room. I want to slice you open. I want to fix things, put things back together, take things Exclaim out, whatever. Exclaim feathers upon Exclaim. successful <laughs> yeah. completion. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then go on with my day. And it just was going to be so much more complicated than that. And I think I just hadn't really grasped the full scope until I got to college. And then I was very lost for many years. And thankfully, film found me. And I ended up majoring in screenwriting. And if it were not for that major... I would have been a mess because I ended up really liking it and I was decently good at it, apparently, according to my professor. So, yeehaw, we had, we got I a degree, that. guys. We got a degree <laughs> and we got yeah. out. So, yeah. I especially appreciate. So, I went to Harvard, which mm. I will say when we first yes. met, this this was a real point I of know. contention. It's, there it's is, there is the rivalry. <laughs> and similarly, you know, I'm letting it pass for now. You seem yeah. like a nice, amicable person. We'll, we'll see how it develops. I tried. TBD. <laughs> and my first year, I was massively depressed because. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. You're like, yes, me too. So bad. Depression buddies. So terrible. Very bad mental health. <laughs> yeah, very bad, very bad mental health. For me, very similar to you. I was just like, well, you know, I feel like that I gave up everything in high school to try and get here. And now mm-hmm. I look around, I see this like fabulously seemingly better whole human beings yeah they had they had lives yeah. they like partied they like yeah, i didn't did go to single party in high things? school okay you were more intense than i was okay. I, did, I went to some all right you went to some but That's i wasn't good. invited to many so. sure sure so you just really disappeared fair <laughs> you just spawned like an yeah. npc hello in the i actually Hi. did that once and it wasn't very chill of me but that's okay <laughs> i was i thought it was gonna be funnier than it was we were all had our questionable moments in high school. But yeah, I people had like fully formed lives and personalities and did lots of fun things and they were still there. And I was like, wait, how did you get here? But yes, continue. Well, I now, you. that actually begs a really interesting question because you mentioned when you wrote your comment at SA 18, writing clarifies thinking. You said it was an excellent encapsulation of who Michaela was yeah. at age 18. Yeah. So who was that? What was your essay about? Who were you? How did you think of yourself, your identity? Yeah, I over ten, ten years ago. Definitely think it's been a journey. Um, but yeah. I am hypercritical of myself and then tangentially of others. And that has been a lesson of Just kind of the same standards to others that you applied to yourself. Correct. Right. So it. when I people are it. like, Oh, you're so intense, and I'm like, right, because I'm intense to me. Uh and I'm consistent. That, right? <laughs> There's a through line. I'm not a hypocrite, I promise. <laughs> um <Heaven> forbid. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's been a journey of kind of stepping back from that and how that is not always helpful in every scenario. Uh, it's helpful in some instances, but you know, not to the level that I was functioning at. So I was just burning myself out unbeknownst to me in one sense. I was like, okay, if I'm going to do it all, I have to just do it all. So I was a lead in the musical and on student council and doing pre-med club and in multiple APs and running cross country. I was just like an insane person. Um, 
But when I was then writing my Common App essay, I feel like I didn't focus on any of that. I talked about the first time I baked an apple pie. I was seven um, or eight. Just kidding, I was eight. And I was home alone because my mom was working. I'm an only child of a single mother from the Midwest. We moved out to LA when I was four um, because my mom actually wanted to be an actress. So we came out together and uh, my mom had to work. And so I started being home alone at six, which is normal for me. But then people are like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. I knew how to make food. I knew how to clean hanging out, no big deal. My neighbors knew I was there. If anything happened, they were my emergency contacts. It was fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think anything of it. So I talked about how when I was eight, I wanted to make this apple pie. I just had a fierce desire. So I talked about how I got the tools together to make it happen. Called my grandma for the recipe. I sent my neighbors to the grocery store where my mom was working to go get the ingredients because I couldn't drive. Uh, and so I like used my resources because I wanted to make a pie that day. And I then just started kind of using that example to expand on how, you know, my mom and I made things work when they got tough and how my acting money ended up like covering our rent and kind of just, you know, expanding into like little just details of things that had happened in my life. Um, and at the end where the goose feathers came in, it was something about how you know, all of this has been cool, but the greatest thing about then being in high school, because high school is the longest place I'd ever been in one one place. Uh, my mom and I moved a ton. So I was there from seventh grade to 12th grade, which is six years. Six years is the longest I was ever in one area. I've never been in an apartment or a house longer than f four years, five years, I think. Um, yeah. And so at the end, it was like, and the coolest thing of all this is that you're get, you get to make, you know, some of the best friends that you'll ever meet. Uh, and you know, people might say that I'm crazy and that I can't do all of these things that I say I want to do. And I say goose feathers, like <laughs> that's where the yeah. goose feathers came in. You know, I'm, I'm going to make it work. Like if I want to make something work, I'm going to make it work. And then, you know, I said some, some little jaunt about like it time, the time things take being worth it. And I think I said, it took me about six hours to to finally like make that pie and finish it. And you know what? It was the best slice I'd ever tasted or something like that. And I, I ended that. on like little like cheesy wrap it up in a bow. And mm. I just, I like it. I was like, wow, I covered a lot in this Beautiful. whatever one page that I had to submit. So, you know, just yeah, especially cool moments. The meaning behind goose feathers, right? In some ways, no, I'm serious. I see it as certainly it's an absurd statement, yeah. but said in reaction to what is also an absurd statement. People yeah. having the nerve to be like, you can't do it all. And, and you're just like, like well, that's just absurd <laughs> as goose feathers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's I, silly. I can only imagine too. I mean, describing like you really wanting to make this pie, right? I think it's the sort of compelling story and anecdote that unfolds and reveals more as we think about it. Because mm -hmm. it's like, you're telling me like at age six, you learned how to like, basically like, find food and like vibe which yeah, like hey live. that's like what kids want yeah. which is like cool obviously our parents all have their own circumstances and love us but in a way you basically raised yourself for a little bit in there yeah it was definitely a, a tag team effort and I understood that my mom had to do what she had to do and I was like all right <laughs> that's a lot for a kid apparently my therapist has told me recently she's like that's a lot I was like <sighs> oh I thought nothing of it <laughs> it's so funny the things that we just grow up assuming everybody else's lives were like this yeah. because why wouldn't they be? And then you realize you talk to people often as a therapist or a significant other or a good friend. And you're like, oh, no, that was just me. like for me. So my parents, my dad plotted out every single step of my life up until I was going to be like age 30. Like every course, every okay. club I need to succeed in high school, every wow. course I was going to take in college. Wow. So I also was pre-med when I was at Harvard. Not because I had any reason, because my dad was like, you need to take these courses. I was like, like, sure. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, sir. and I remember like <laughs> talking to my advisor being like, I actually don't really want to take these courses. And they're like, just don't take them. I'm like, what, what? But like, <laughs> Brain I'm sorry. Brain does not like, know how to process. I, exactly, I, <laughs> I need to take these, right? And then you're like, realize like, oh no, like this is crazy. And so it sounds like, you're like, oh yeah, I just like raised myself. This is totally normal. Everybody went through this. And then you're hearing people yeah. be like, oh, that's, that's really unusual. And you're like, Okay, cool. What effects did that have on me? I don't know. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Thoughts to consider. Hyper, hyper independence and yes. a lot of stubborn pushback. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier, you said, 
hey, you're not a hypocrite. You're equally holding others to the same high standards you hold yourself. So I'm just picturing yourself, right? You're alone. You're kind of by yourself. Where do those standards come from? I think, you know, my my mom is a version of your dad in a more creative capacity, I guess. She very much sat down with me <clears throat> on a semi-regular basis. And we would go through like one, five, 10, and 20-year plans. But based on things that like I was finding interesting at the time. So if it was the pre-med thing, which she definitely supported. She was like, that's a great idea. A doctor. That's reliable, stable, money, you know, it's consistent, whatever. A good idea. Uh, so she definitely was like, sure, if you're interested in that, keep doing that. Like as you're helping support <laughs> rent already with your work as an actor, yeah. actress. Yeah, ac- I, I like the term actor because it actor. just covers everybody, right? Beautiful. We're all an actor. Child actor. Yeah. Um, so she and I would do this of just mapping out days, mapping out weeks, mapping out just, just putting the things together. So when I started acting, she was like, that's fine these are the things that are going to need to happen for this to work. Like we're going to have to say no to birthday parties. We can't hang out with everybody on the weekends. We're going to have to skip things. We're going to have to show up when we don't want to, you know, big life lessons, which are helpful um, to have. And I kept, you know, doing them obviously because I liked it. So I got kind of used to this checklist mentality of like you do this and this is the right thing to do and you have to plan and there should be a plan. Um, And then once you do the plan, everything works. And that doesn't, that's not life. I mean, it helps. Having a plan is a good idea, but but it's probably not all going to (laughs) work. So (laughs) you have to be ready for the curveballs. And that's where we missed out. We we didn't know how to prepare and be comfortable with the curveballs and be comfortable with the fact that they are like 100% going to happen and that failure isn't a bad thing that's that was novel like failure i got my first c in undergrad and i about had a panic attack i was like i am a terrible person i am not smart somehow i gypped my way in here i'm a failure i must i'm gonna die i was just like losing my mind so yeah i um didn't know how to deal with the curveballs because up until that point which i guess is very lucky but up until like my freshman year of college Everything did kind of work. It did actually follow the plan. It so anyone who up. said, hey, this might not continue to work, you say goose feathers. Yeah, exactly. And here we are. <laughs> I really get that. Again, my father, very similar experience. Just this conception of almost parents seeing the chaos in this world, wanting the best for their kids, yeah. saying, let's come up with a plan. Inadvertently yeah. instilling in their kids, aka us, like, as long as you follow the plan, it's, it's going be okay. to be okay. And... That gives us the power to be like, well, okay, maybe following this plan sucks. You know, like not having birthday parties, you know, I'd like to have birthday parties. But, you know, if it's for the plan, that's okay. It's for the plan. It's for the plan. It's for the plot. (laughs) It's for the plan, the plot, (laughs) the play. And then one day you realize, God, like one, was this plan right? Two, it always changes. And then like, what the f*** am I supposed to do? Yeah. Literally, what what the hell? What's going on? Can I ask? So I also got my first C in college, computer science, intro mm. to computer science. What was your course? It's it's sad because mine was math, which yeah. was my strong suit in high school. So I was so confused about what was happening. That was like, I got awards for math and then I got a C and I was like, what? What is Am happening? I, at this? I was like, have I just been lied to? Like, have I been doing fake math? Like, what's going on? I then later realized that, you know, uh, grad students as teachers, not ideal because I would go into office hours and get worse. Mm. So I don't think that's a reflection on me. But how am I supposed to know that when at the we're time? Young, we I'm don't like, know. I'm just terrible, I guess. But no, I would literally go in and then drop an entire letter grade like in my homework after I would go talk to him for an hour. That's horrid. So I was like, OK, the last couple of years I was like, bro, this is not 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 anybody's fault, really. I mean, he was trying his best. I was trying my best. But it definitely wasn't my fault. Like, I wasn't, I'm not bad at math. And I'm good I at math. I can only imagine how long it's taken for you to realize <laughs> so and repeat that lesson to yourself. Literally because, within the last couple of years. Yep. And I totally get it. Because <laughs> if you're anything like me, there's a part of you being like, I'm just dumb. And a bigger part of you being like, nope, nope. There were yep. reasons yeah. that are understandable and I don't suck. And that's such a weird mentality because we grew up with the conception of well you're following the plan so if it didn't work it's because you yeah because you did it wrong yes you must have messed up somewhere and you didn't plan enough for the curveball yeah which honestly 
I don't know about your parents and where they went, but I think going to college in general is just a shift from high school. But if you haven't had a family member go to a super intense, it doesn't have to be just Ivy League because technically there's Stanford, U Chicago, just a very intense academic uh, college in, in that realm, I guess. It, no one can prepare you for how the ecosystem works there. Um, nobody in my family went to a, a, that the level. A lot of people stayed local, went to Purdue. I'm from Indiana. Anybody from the Midwest in Indiana? What's hey, up? Two hey, two of us here. Hey, hey Hoosiers. Hey. Um, so, yeah, they went to like Purdue or, you know, maybe a couple of people went to Northwestern. So there was some familiarity. But I don't know. There's something weird about the yeah, Ivy off thing. To, off to New Haven. Yeah. Bulldogs. And then you just get thrown into generational wealth in a way that you never oh, knew yeah, existed. And you're like, oh, I'm not. G- I, I can work bajillions of hours. I could win the lottery. And I'm not even going to hold a flame to like your existence. Like it's just not going to happen. Is this, it was this fascinating combination of like the really try harders. Oh yeah. And then like the like extremely legacy wealthy people. And you like basically yeah. as a social experiment, just like throw them together. And, and it's like, like oh, and fun. now you're in a group project together. And I'm like, yeah. oh wow. Cool. <laughs> and like, you had to work really hard to get in college in the first place. And maybe all those habits are now going to fall apart because you're on your own now and life's starting curveballs. And you're like, what is happening? Yeah. And there's winter. And yeah. I grew up in L.A., and then there was winter. That's hard. That didn't go well. New Haven winters. Yeah, no, because they always had the heat jacked way high in all the dorms, so it was super dry heat, and then we'd have the windows open, so it was like icy cold air with dry heat. I had strep like four times my oh, freshman year. So not only like mentally are you rediscovering things <laughs> about yourself, you were like physically dying. Yeah, and at that point, like... I don't know. I'd, I had to, you know, my high school boyfriend broke up with me. He's like, we're going to college. Guess we're going to break up. And oh. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. So that was a fun curveball. Oh, totally. I was just like, what's going on? I was getting a C in math. I was just, everything was happening. It was all, everything everywhere, all at once. <laughs> Oof. I would watch your version of that movie. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm trying to get it into a screenplay, um, you know, and, and especially my mom's story too, because her trajectory is kind of the, I mean, not to compare, but hers is the harder one. She had to break away from generations of whatever the heck was happening in Southern Indiana. She had to just decide. She was like, we're just going and figured it, figured it out and made it work, made it happen successfully. And she was a great mom. Um, I have literally zero qualms. She did literally the best, everything in her power. She loved me aggressively. She supports me and my creativity. She let me be my weird little fun self. Um, I couldn't ask for anything more from a parent, but she had to do weird stuff. She had to make it all the ends meet. And like, it's, it was weird out here in 1998. You know, we didn't have any of the stuff that we got going on now. We would just walk into places. That's how I got my first agency. We were agent signing, whatever. We would just walk in and be like, hello, would you like to work with me for commercials? No. All right. Let's walk to the next one. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, it's crazy. She did, um, a lot of a lot of hard work, and uh, I think that her story would be cool to tell. But I mean, I believe that <laughs> right. Both can be true. That number one, your mom loved you aggressively oh, and worked yeah. her gosh darn butt off, making it all work. And two, you still went through a lot yourself. That probably was a lot to yeah. go through. Yeah, but it's I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's a lot, but I don't I don't feel heavy about any of yeah. it. Um, honestly, until college. Yeah, because that's where the curveballs started to come. You're like, huh. The real curveballs where it's like, oh, now it's really tied to just you. It's oh. not like a team effort anymore. It's not like, oh, this crappy thing happened to me, and then you help me or I help you. It's just all you sitting in your dorm room with your roommate who uses a hairdryer at 7 a.m. on Saturday oh, morning I hope in she, the room. I hope she watches this so she knows <laughs> that you remember. I did. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Good Lord. It is a weekend. We have a bathroom. Why are you using a hairdryer at 7 a.m. on a weekend? I'm sleeping right here. Terrible. Anyway. <laughs> Can I ask then? So I feel like I'm understanding you much more as a person. How and good. You mentioned, <laughs> I know. Imagine that. And you said, you know, in the earlier days, you'd want to go do commercial work. You just walk in and say, I like to do this. So how did tough happen? Right. And how yeah. do you think? Was this something, because you literally mentioned, I'm going to become a star and then put that aside so I can become a doctor. So yeah. like, was it you 
when even you were acting as Toph, was it something you enjoyed and wanted to, or were you more like, this is just a step along the master plan? It was a step. And I think the the nice thing about the, the checklist or the step mentality is that if you think of everything as a step, you take the pressure off of each individual piece a little bit. And that's, I feel like, how any of this acting stuff really happened. Because I was so sensitive as a child. I mean, and now, but at least I can regulate a little bit more. Me too. So sensitive, so anxious. So anytime a director in a room would like look at me a certain way, uh, communicate something a certain way with, with a certain tone of voice, I would be like, oh, they hate me. Or, oh, I did it wrong. Or, oh, they didn't like that, whatever. And I would get super insecure. The worst, the worst one, I ended up like sitting under a chair. Like there was a chair, I got really freaked out and had like a little panic attack and had to just like cower under a chair until my mom came and like pulled me out. It just, I was very sensitive. So the reason voice acting kind of clicked in was because I was in my own little booth. I was in my own little world. In my just audio, you know, for the most part, I didn't usually see the director. And if you did, you know, there's like double pane window things and it's just there's separation. And so I feel like there was more room for me to be super quirky and that just worked. It also helped that my mom focused so much on reading when I was younger so I could read scripts cold, which is obviously huge when you're six or seven years old. They're like, can we give you 10 pages? Can you read them like, without yes. any issue? Yes, I can. Uh, and my tone of voice at the time, it well, and now it's pretty clear toned. There, I don't have a lot of texture, um, which when you're younger is great. And for now, voicing, you know, super squeaky characters like this is like really great. But if they're like, oh, we want some rugged like rock star, I'm like, yeah, I can like pretend, but like it's not real. <laughs> so my tone of voice and the fact that I could read uh, really locked in the the voiceover thing. So just I'll give I'll give a little timeline. When I was six, five, five, I told my mom, hey, my friends was in a commercial. That seems cool. Maybe I should try it. Do you think I could do it? And she's like, let's just like before we go through all this, put you in a musical, like a local musical, see if you like it, whatever. She put me in Oliver. I was the happiest orphan in Oliver that one has ever seen. I was so happy to be on stage, loved every second of it, loved rehearsal. She was like, okay, cool, let's get some headshots, let's see. So my first headshots were black and white, uh, the very edge of like what I call like act two of Hollywood. I feel like act one is like kind of the first half of the 1900s. Um, that's so weird coming out of my mouth. And then from like 1950 to the 90s was kind of the second era of just crazy progression because then you started having color and like sound, audio started coming in. Um, anyway, so black and white headshots were the, were the norm. And then in like the early 2000s, that started to shift and there was this whole big rift of like, is color more professional? Is black and white still professional? So funny. So we took the black and white headshots um, and walked into agencies. I went to Bobby Ball, Abrams, CESD, um, just tons, tons of, of agencies. And I was signed for commercials and um, TV and I auditioned for basically everything we saw on Disney Channel, I auditioned for tons of times. I was so close and I wonder what my life would be like if I would have booked. It would have been an alternate universe. Um, but I got called back so much for like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, um, Jessie's role, and then she got her own spinoff. Uh, I guess her name is Debbie in real life. And then she got the Jessie spinoff after, mixing it all together. But anyway, which would have been funny if that would have been my spinoff because my stage name was Jessie. Ha ha. Anyway, reeling it back in, getting scattered. So started in commercials and TV, and then I went through an awkward growing phase. And I was with CESD for voiceover and youth television, I think, at the, at the time. And she was like, hey, we have this new youth department for voiceover. You should try it. Um, and so I did. And so my very first voiceover gig was additional voices in Finding Nemo, actually. Oh. I know, TVT. Pretty so cool. all the little baby turtles and all the little baby fish. Um, and they're like, let's go swimming. Like, what's over there? Like, all that silly stuff. And so it was just a bunch of seven-year-olds running around a room just saying stuff so that was the beginning and I did a lot of additional voice work for a good three years basically and then I started to do more more character roles it just kind of happened naturally I ended up doing um the the voice of Chaka in Kronk's New Groove and the Emperor's New School they're like super squeaky back to squeaky and then uh Meet the Robinsons I did Young Franny she's like the little frog girl she is honestly probably my spirit animal of any of the characters Aww. that I've voiced Young Franny and <laughs> Meet the Robinsons is my spirit. And I'm manifesting this now because they keep doing all these live actions. 
they should do a live action of Meet the Robinsons, and I should be cast as the adult version of Franny, because that would be so cool. (laughs) But anyway, throwing that out there. And so then TOF happened after when I was 12. That was like the last professional thing I did before I was like, and now I'm focused on school. So it's pretty wild, because I had this growing career, and a lot of people would probably look at this now and be like, well, that was stupid. You literally cut off your flow to focus on school when people would literally like that's what they've been working for people would kill to have these opportunities like all of this like jargon that I hear in my head now of like man maybe I should have stuck with it but no I wanted to go to high school like I wanted that experience and so I did it so you know people might disagree and feel differently but I really just wanted to go to school I get it it was part of the plan part of the plan chill it at Hollywood (laughs) tough great now master heart surgeon mm-hmm. at Yale which and then curveballs came yeah. and it sounds like you rediscovered an interest actually in screenwriting yeah. ironically enough so you kind of circled back to the media side yeah yeah and then coming back into the space you know in the last even two years just because the pandemic was crazy for social media bumps and just you know online presence and TikTok and everything but in the last eight years I guess when I was like 2021 20, it's just been such a different industry. People like ask for advice and I give them my two cents, but I'm like, bro, I think we're all trying to figure that out. I think Hollywood, anybody that I talk to, writers, directors, producers, you know, line writers, whatever, just are like, it's all in flux. Nobody knows what's going on. We have AI in the mix. People are getting hired by the masses and, and dropped by the masses. They're, they're hiring influencers to play leads and then they're, you know, they're, go with people who have no Instagrams. It's just, there's, it's chaos. But that's a beautiful thing because in flux is when you can do whatever you want. There's opportunity. That's, you have elbow room to be creative. You don't have to follow a checklist. You don't have to follow the norm um, because everybody's just rolling. I love, I can see describing as someone who went through something similar growing up with the checklist to now learning to embrace more. I like that elbow room for creativity. You're like, Actually, it is more interesting and better when there's not the firm plan and I'm going to figure it out. And it's also really anxiety inducing, but there's more potential. (laughs) Goose feathers. (laughs) So what's what's the focus these days as you think about you wrote a common app essay at age 18 that nicely encapsulated who you were at the time, which was I'm going to make the best goddamn apple pie ever. And this in a way, whether intended or not, is a symbolic story of you put your mind to things. And you get them done. You follow the recipe. You know how to do it. And to those who get in your way, goose feathers. And so say you were to write the Common App essay of now 28-year-old Michaela. What does that Ooh. look like? You know, that's actually a great question phrased that way. Because I think a lot of people just say like, oh, what's next? But nobody's articulated it like that. Yeah, because nobody gets to have <laughs> such a fun conversation with you like I do. I know. It's a magical moment. This is this is just, it's, it's magic, now baby. Now for posterity. It's magic. <laughs> Um, you know, I should probably sit down and just try to write a version, write my own 28 year old coming up essay. Uh, cause I don't know. And I think that's the most honest answer I can give. And there've been plenty of, you know, filler answers along the way, but the true answer is that I don't know. Um, I do know that I like being in a creative space. Uh, I do know that I also love the business side of things as well. So being, purely a creative of just creating content, whether that be an actor, a writer, creating content for social media, whatever. Uh, That's not the only thing that makes me happy. I need more than that. So it's kind of a year and it's nice because I've been afforded the, the flexibility this year to just roll with what sounds interesting. And so that's been a lot of the last few months, Um, meeting you, finding people online who I'm just kind of like, kind of vibe. Let's just, let's, let's see what the vibe is like. Let's see what they're up to. Learning more about them. Um, going to pickleball uh, and <laughs> learning how to play. Um, so it's kind of funny because I feel like where I'm at now, it's almost what a lot of people did in, in college, kind of, or, or something. I mean, everybody has different timelines, right? But uh, I'm, in a, I'm in another era of just figuring out what the next step is, um, the pandemic, obviously, was a reason for part of that. Beforehand, I was in New York. Um, I was auditioning for musical theater. I was singing with a cover band. I worked for, like, a handbag company for a little while, and I was tutoring for the SAT. Like, I had this little flow going, and everything just went. 
and they put Avatar on Netflix during COVID and that all this tough love came bubbling back into the present, which has been super cool. Um, and I, you know, downloaded TikTok and just was like, sure, let's try to integrate this into things. And I do like social media. I also love modeling. I love photo shoots. I got new headshots taken last week. So much fun. I love photo shoots. Oh my gosh. So I just, I like. What do you love most about Creative them? spaces. I don't know. I can't tell. Cause it's not fully like a vanity thing of like, I just sure. love looking at myself being pretty. Like it, there's something, I don't know why. It, maybe it's just the expressive nature of it. I kind of see it It's as like being different characters, you know? Yeah, also yeah. an analogy in a way, like just like you read your previous old comment app essay, which was just like a flash shot of you at age 18, like a good headshot, that is yeah. a capture. That is a yeah. moment of you 100%. in a certain way, and that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, one of the things that I love about New York is you can walk out of your front door every day like a completely different version of yourself and basically every version of yourself that you could even think of is is accepted new york anybody can be pretty much and i guess la is similar in a sense but for some reason it just feels more supported there yeah there's just yeah you can be like you know what i'm gonna wear a belt around my neck today uh and i'm gonna use it as a scarf and I'm going to wear this tube top as a skirt and these weird boots. And you know what? Today, my my name is Victoria. And yeah. I'm going to go get a bacon, egg, and cheese. And it's just, there's, you, you know. Yeah, and you roll with it. And it's like, ooh, I want to document this moment. So maybe that's, maybe it's the documentation. Like appreciating the snapshot in time of a photo shoot. And even if it's for, uh, you know, for a brand or for a product yeah. or it's for a fashion. A it's still like a moment, you. a character in that moment yeah. of that day in time. I get that. I yeah. like that. So I love photo shoots. I love singing. I love performing live. I love dance and like a kind of performative aspect, like tied in with the singing. Expression. Yes. Um, writing, writing narrative, writing songs, uh, shopping, food. Yeah. <laughs> Acting, I love. So. We slowly get to breathing, <laughs> sleeping, breathe meditating. Uh, you know, My dog is pretty uh, darn know. good too. <laughs> Like we're so going basically like Maslow's hierarchy. We're like going downwards. You start from like just, fulfillment and yeah, you slowly and get to like the need to things. be I an like animal. The color purple. Um, yeah, I like horses. <laughs> yeah, more things. I saw on your website, not only do you like horses, you make a mean impression of a velociraptor. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So at the bottom of, of your resume, they recommend that you throw in a couple fun facts. Like Cause color, sometimes you know? when people, yeah, when they read, they're just like, Oh, I see that you're, I don't know, jewelry designer. What is that like? Um, I don't know why the director's how, voice like, is that. Every every stranger that enters your life automatically <laughs> just has a British accent. Has some weird voice. Of course. Um, yeah, so Velociraptor, I don't want to blow this out, but I just, I used to, to run around and have like a little dinosaur run. And Velociraptor was my favorite dinosaur from like Jurassic Park and whatever. So just like, ah! you know, I'm going to, that was soft. <clears throat> that was That's soft because I don't want to, you know, we have to protect the sure. But, you know, we, we get screechy. And so in a room, I can get really loud. And I feel like I've, I've been asked a couple times to do it, and it's a little jarring. And they're like, oh, cool. You're like, all right. <laughs> like, I'm glad I asked. You know? I love you do the little finger claws just to really get into the mode. Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. I also really appreciate the answer, RE. Hey, like, what's that 28-year-old comment FSA answer look like? And you just said, I don't know. There's something beautiful about after having gone through a lifetime of always trying to make sure everything is perfect, to finally have the courage to sit down and be like, I don't know, and that's precisely gonna put me in that mindset of abundance. I don't need to have the backup plans figured out. I can no. see what comes and be in a mental state to take advantage of it yeah. and develop into something more. I'm, you know, with the I don't know comes a sense of peace, and I'm pretty happy. I mean, happy is a, a weird word. I feel like joyful or being in like a state of joy because that is tied to I feel like a general mentality of just being positive about whatever's happening I feel like happiness is specifically like I'm in a good mood and joy is like oh something bad could have happened today but I'm still in kind of a joyful mentality if that makes sense um yeah it's very peaceful like I'm in flux I do not know really what's happening next I gotta like it's a smattering of kind of some suggestions of, you know, things that are happening, but there's no plan. <laughs> there's and not a checklist. That's what I find. That's what I admire so much as yeah. someone who also similarly relied on planning so much 
it's it's like oh you gotta be able to just let go a little yeah or a lot sometimes or a lot a lot after you know two and a half decades of holding on aggressively yeah, sometimes you just I actually love even how we met, right? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Michaela <laughs> saw a story of me playing pickleball with I one did. of your friends. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. And mm -hmm. we didn't know each other. Mm -mm. But I saw I just followed a bunch of people. You. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm in a similar mentality. I've really appreciated over the past couple of years having more freedom. Be like, you know, like I don't even have a purpose. If I just think this person seems interesting and cool, like I'd love to get to know them better. Yeah. And I love how you totally just reciprocated that energy. And you're like, yeah, I'm down to come hang. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, we're sure. having a good time. <laughs> like, hey, wanna wanna do wanna do a podcast together? It's like get to yep, know each other I'm more. Here. And you're like, wanna make Velociraptor noises? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a wild Saturday yeah, night in Hollywood, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is LA. <laughs> Boom. That's why the shades are drawn, because there's so much revelry. There's a party out there. Things going outside. We can't we, let you We see. have to stay inside and make Velociraptor noises. It, it, that sounds like the description of my life. So <laughs> Well, so what, what I like to do now, and, yes, and tell me. I am not only a, you know, of course, clearly creative and charismatic <laughs> host, I'm also a punctual one. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, I know we're going to get you out at 9.20. Oh, you're fine. We're good. We're good. I'm ready. Yeah. So <laughs> 9.20 is currently now, because so we have a good 15, 20 minutes. Okay. So we're going to we're gonna get into it. We're going to play. It's based off 36 questions to fall in love. Yes. New York Times. So we're going to fall in love, That's guys. That's the plan. Are you ready? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna see watch it live. It live. <laughs> you're gonna see anxiety implode on anxiety upon itself. It's gonna be yeah. fantastic. Well, the dating scene in LA is pretty much that. So yeah. Yeah, it sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, it's so pretty accurate. Not too far off. <laughs> <laughs> so for for those of you who don't know, I love we just like throwing little jabs at LA. We're like, ha ha ha. It's ha, great here. <laughs> romance is dead, and in LA, it's but not even in worse. my heart. God damn <laughs> A it. A romantic. <laughs> So the New York Times wrote an article about this where they took these random selected pairs of people and they yes. ran them through questions all around vulnerability. I'm going to share something real. Mm -hmm. And Russell Brodsky, please don't shit on it. You know, if I were a voice actress like you, I would have said that in a British accent because that's what we use for strangers now. Because apparently we just jump in, jump straight into a British accent anytime we want to. Wow, so powerful. That's, thank so you. Excellent. I don't have training. I don't know if it's actually good or not. I it's have to, like I have to get... Like, a naturally talented creative person. I have to. That's very kind of you. Thank Nothing you. Nothing else you've done. Tough. I don't thank care. Thank you. Free these, pims for you. These, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. These <laughs> British accents, though. That's that's how I know. She's, she's really good, London, guys. if you'll take me, if you'll take me, I'll go. I'll move to London. I don't mind. In a moment. No, I'll no. But there. when you move to London, you're just like everybody else. You want to be a British person here. Yeah. But I also love London. <laughs> okay. Well, that's 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 a whole other thing. And so at the end of these questions, many of these pairs of people became good friends, and yet one pair yeah. did, in fact, end up dating each other, getting married. There you go. Okay, so we're so we're gonna we're up. gonna go through fifteen minutes of this. Okay, Very speed round. All thirty six so, questions. So yeah, all thirty six. Boom, boom, boom. So <laughs> here's how it starts. Okay. I believe in quality versus it's the journey. It's not okay. oh. Okay. We're. I always start this with eye contact. We're going to look deeply into each other's wow, eyes. Wow, it's very intimate. Yeah, it's very intimate. Cause, you okay. know, I've been looking everywhere except that for the past, you know, whatever time, of course. And okay. the first person to look away first or blink, they're going to pull the first question. We'll oh, start to with blink. Them. Okay, good. Because yeah, I was like, level one. I'm pretty good at maintaining eye contact. Oh, you're comfortable so. with intimacy. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you know, I'd probably <laughs> look away first anyway. So <laughs> one way or another, this game ends. And then I'll take one from level two and then level three. Are we ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one. I mean, you, you blinked already, so oh. I feel like... <laughs> I also have contacts. Wait, let me try she again. She talked a really big game <laughs> let for me try the again. shortest if up until this If you have contacts point. in, you all know it's hard. Okay, let's try it again. And also, are we supposed to not talk? I mean, we can talk. You just, oh, okay. you just don't want to blink. Let me keep my eyes you open. You immediately started talking and well, blinking at the exact same time. Okay, do the cast well, you have again. Water. Drink your water. Drink, <laughs> I did. Drink. It's not working. <laughs> drink more <laughs> water. And while we're at it, hearts up 920 or is 930 Okay. What? Oh, Are yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can do nine thirty. Okay, nine thirty. Okay, but not nine forty. No. Okay, nine thirty. For those of you watching, we're setting boundaries, and that is important. Hey. Okay, <laughs> try again. Countdown. All right, three, two, one, go. Okay. I'm gonna we try my talk. best. You know, most people don't usually talk while they do this, but this you know, very hard for me. Uh, I already we blinked. blinked at the same time. Oh, <laughs> we wow. literally blinked at. The that wow, was terrible. Same wavelength. That's never happened before. All right. Well, we this. How about you choose a level one question? Please okay. do. Level one question. <laughs> okay. You're afraid. Oh, wild cards. We, we just don't do, did. We this. don't do wild cards. Oh, great. Because yeah. I was like, yeah. we just. And did to that. be clear, you pull a question. You can do a different question. It's not. It's not a plan we have to follow. We can, uh, <laughs> yeah. we can, you know, jostle. Oh, here we go. Okay, great. 
Well, this is fitting for kind of what we were talking about. Well, although we did cover lots of topics. Uh, what character would I play in a movie? Really? Game? <laughs> That's what you're going to come throw me? I know. I think rather than trying to assign you to a role, I'm going to say if I were to watch you in a movie, I'd experience you as... You've been creative from the start. And I think in a way, you've gone through years of that creativity being harnessed for purpose, for planning. And now you're at a point where maybe that creativity just gets to be creative by itself and that and it's that by itself will lead to good things. Yeah. And what type of role or character that'd be in a movie? Somebody that I don't know, but I want to watch and I want to continue being <laughs> friends with you and seeing and finding out. Incredible. Well, I did give that as my answer of what's next. So that's only fitting that you don't know. Um, if I, I feel like I've had a very close parallel to Rory Gilmore in Gilmore Girls, like she and her mom and me and my mom, scary accuracies for lots of timeline moments in their life and then the Yale thing and then like the oh, estranged wow. grandparents but then like I get along with them crazy crazy do you am I supposed to answer this about you too you can but I was gonna ask how does Rory Gilmore as someone I confess I actually have not deeply watched Gilmore Girls. so what Doesn't happens to Rory me. Gilmore how does their story end I actually don't know if I've seen all the way through the end of season seven and I'm just now realizing that um I think I watched through like season five and there's just you know boys and then figuring out family and like she and her mom are kind of like sisters and they they move kind of away from their family and she's just super into school and she loves reading and okay. she you know lots of lots of things but i'm i don't want to be a journalist i don't think i don't know okay, so that's I a key guess. difference Thanks, but yeah that's a big thing she like wants to be a journalist that's her thing so that's oh, okay. different never okay. never surgeon never actor she just quite didn't have your ambition yeah <laughs> <so. laughs> i don't know about that uh All right, you can answer for me yeah, I'm curious. Okay, so just right off the bat, there's a little bit of just uh, I'm I'm gonna pretend, you know, or I guess use this a little bit like a psychic. I'm just gonna say things that come to mind. Sure. So, um, entrepreneur, Silicon Valley, Wolf of Wall Street, just thing is that like feel like you could exist in the realm in, but you have a little bit more articulation. You're a little more gentle, so you wouldn't be like a a harsh protagonist um but you could be like a coder who's like on a mission to do something secretive but like you know there ends up being a love interest of the person that you're trying to like get information from and then you do successfully get information but then you also fall in love and you have to grapple with the dichotomy of that i don't know i love this Just i'm like hey any story that <laughs> ends with me not dying alone sounds like <laughs> one that i would watch no, my my insides are love always through through oh. the many you know, ups and downs of relationships and love in my life. The flame of love has indeed stayed flickering, although it right. has gotten dangerously low a couple points in there. But it's still going. It's still going. The ever present flame. It's still going. You must believe in true We're romance. still reaching for the the flex of Mr. Darcy's hand in real life. <laughs> we are indeed. Okay. All oh, right. Mr. Darcy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you know, they took quite a while to hit it off, too. So uh, listen, I, I'm patient. I've got time. For those of you watching, so if you're like, you know, Mr. Darcy, but real. <laughs> modern, modern Los Angeles, yeah, you know, Mr. Darcy. You know where or to find from her. England, because like I said, I love London. Oh, we already know how London. you feel about England. So that's, I will move there. Yeah, it's easily helpful. <laughs> All right, let's do another one. Let's okay, do, you pick uh, from two or you pick from one? I'll pick another one from okay. one. Do I remind you of anyone? Oh, Hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, one of my good friends from earlier on, I guess, in my college friendships, one of my friends named George, um, he, yeah, similarly was just very pleasantly present. Uh, I feel like you were very easy to communicate with and he was like a joy to be around like the the cadence of your speaking She's voice flattering me indirectly <laughs> I'm, I'm all fear for it the cadence of your speaking voice is similar to his um there's somebody else that's like pinging around in my brain but i can't place i can't place it it might be my friend kim 
actually. Beautiful. I'm like their love child. Yeah. Yeah. You're a strange love child of like yeah. Kim and George. There you means. go. That you don't know what that means, but I, I don't. But, but I it do. Sounds <laughs> oh, great. She knows. <laughs> it sounds lovely. Kim and George, wherever you are, my I reach out to you in this world and say it's an honor to be compared to you. I thought yeah. I'm just really happy she wasn't like, you're like, yeah, you do. And you're like, yeah, this like uh, this. This weird kid in second yeah. grade who ate glue in the corner. <laughs> I think his name was also Eric. That's funny. So we're, we'll take that as a win. Yeah. I think um, you... Actually, I don't think I've met someone quite like you before. And that's a well, good thing. That's I'm, the real compliment. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I'm very I, much enjoying listening to your story. Wow, that's very sweet of you. I feel like sometimes people would probably go to, I just realized, go to celebrities. Like, do I remind you of like a notable figure? And I didn't even go there. I went with straight to personal yeah, connections. Which I, pr I far, I far yeah. prefer. I far prefer. Let's do level two. This time you're going to pull it. Okay. Level two. Level two. I love how the little sing tones become more optimistic. And well, okay. Yeah. We're not doing wild cards. You okay. dropped it like it was on fire. Okay. Earth nation. Earth kingdom. Oh my gosh. Fire nation is, is blocked. Okay. Uh, what has been your earliest recollection of happiness? I feel very grateful because I feel like my brain has been pretty plugged in for most of my life. I have very, very early memories that uh, are, yes. Um, there are a couple flickering ones. I was two or three and I loved driving from an early age, which is fitting. Being in the driver's seat, baby. She loves being in control. So I would always ask my mom to drive the car into the driveway. When I was two and three years old, I was like, I want to like, drive the car so she let me like steer into the driveway while she did like the pedals um so like little flickers of that and then like flickers of just like ice cream in a kitchen and swinging on a swing set in my backyard wow yeah i love that also can we just talk about like as a two-year-old you want to drive suvs yeah I was like, get me on that tractor, get me in a car. Like, you're way more ready. interesting than Rory Gilmore. <laughs> like, this is sort of thing like, ladies and gentlemen, truth <laughs> is stranger than fiction. I'm like, you're two years old, and you're like, yeah, I want to drive Uber. <laughs> that yeah. sounds fun. And then and then more recently, you know, growing up, I was like, you know, driving a motorcycle, riding a motorcycle would be cool one day. And oh. my mom always thought so, too. So we took, like, the motorcycle driver's class together and got our licenses together so a few summers ago. We have yet to own a bike because in LA it's kind of a matter of like, yeah, like life when, or death as well. not if you're mm -hmm. gonna get hurt. But like, I I would love to have a bike just for side street purposes. You I know, could totally see you on a motorcycle. Yeah, we got kind of a little. Yeah, I mean, it's it's varsity really, jacket, but it could be. It's like kind of giving me we get, like we get a little River, chain. like Riverdale River vibes. <laughs> Riverdale realness. <laughs> like you on a motorcycle with like your varsity <laughs> jacket. Oh, and your God. hair is reddish, which is like I think. One yeah, of the I guess a little bit Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, Cheryl. Except Cheryl's like. Bash crazy. Like, I don't know if you follow Riverdale, like, it gets weird. <laughs> There's like <laughs> demons and magic and stuff at this point. Yeah, I point. feel like it's taken a bit of a turn from yeah. the original story. What about you? What's your earliest recollection of happiness? Uh, I remember when I was really, really young, my mom bought me like a little stuffed monkey. Like it was like Aww. a beanie baby, but yep. too cheap to be a real beanie baby. So like a fake beanie baby. <laughs> I and don't know. Yeah. And I just like was so happy because growing up, I didn't get like tons of gifts from my yeah. parents. We also like grew up poor and all that stuff. And so, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's what makes us great. It's fine. It's yeah, <laughs> it's fine. We've totally <laughs> internalized, processed and moved on from no it. No big deal. Easy. Yeah. So <laughs> the monkey was like very special for me. And I guess what's a little bit funny is like because I just like had that around a lot. I think other people just like assumed I just like loved monkeys and that's not really true it's more like i loved the experience and moment of getting that monkey as a gift mm. more than i like really love to collect monkeys so there's a period of time where like my friends would be like oh like what should we give eric and i just like get this collection of these random stuffed monkeys and i'm like i don't like, really okay. like the monkeys as much but you know that's the funny. symbolic meaning behind them i appreciate that mine, that's the real friendship mine was a little blonde uh like golden retriever-esque dog like mr I guess. peanut butter from bojack horseman yeah kind of ish okay. yeah or his just a golden was, retriever his name was fudgy fudgy but he's yellow yeah um that was mine I I that was my that. monkey good times let's That's do sweet. another level two all right two for two Ooh, we don't have to do this one but i'll read it out to you and you can choose 
What's your father's name? And tell me one thing about him. Oh, we're getting deep on a Saturday night. Okay. I don't know why I go into singing as well. Singing and accents. Mm, it's a thing. It's quite lovely. It makes life more interesting. My biological father is not really around. I know who he is. We've met. I have three half brothers. We all know each other. I went to the youngest one's wedding. It's all like fine, right? It's not amazing, but it's fine. Um, his name is Dave. He's from Kentucky. Uh, I guess that's one thing about him. But um, what, one more interesting thing about him. Mm. Uh, yeah, see, I guess. Oh, I guess it doesn't have to be interesting. It just can be a general thing. One thing about him, he's not great at taking responsibility. That sounds really not great. Yeah. Especially when you've got kids. Yeah. But I'm appreciative for that because I don't think... You know, so many people have to go through their parents getting divorced, and that is tough, especially if you're young. Um, if you're super, super young, maybe not so much, but middle and high school, like, it's just so many of my friends had to deal with that um, and various levels of, like, tumult <laughs> because of it. And so I'm just glad that he kind of wasn't ever because then my mom and I just got to get, you know, closer and stronger because of that, and I feel like I would rather have absence than violent presence. So That is... A quotable quote right there. Absence can be better than violent, presence. violent presence. Yeah. I kind of like that. And I appreciate you sharing. Yeah. And I really love the framing where in a way it helped you and your mom build a very real and meaningful relationship. Yeah. Would not change that for the world. Oh. So. Well, let me reframe that. Tell me something that you really find beautiful about your mother. Oh, okay. Her name's Yvette. Um, and she... I think in kind of contrast to how she was raised, as many of us do, is just so fiercely supportive of whatever makes me happy, like truly. Yeah. Um, and even if she has a hard time grappling, if I, if I came to her tomorrow, I was like, mom, I love tattoos. I'm just obsessed. I want to open my own tattoo parlor and cover this my body. Tattoo. Right. She, she would have a moment. She'd be like, oh, <laughs> this is permanent. And like your face is so pretty and I don't want to blah, blah, blah. But like she knows if she can really see like, the authentic happiness emulating out of me, she will support me um, on anything. So Beautiful. I think that that is, I don't know, kind of priceless from yeah. a parent. That level of knowing she's got your She's back. got me. She's got, got me. Yeah. What about you? I Father, think mother, both, either, <laughs> neither. I'll mention, I'll <laughs> mention my one beautiful thing about my mother. Okay. So <clears throat> I think most of, so what I get from my dad is a brain that, okay, when I put it like that, <laughs> it's a brain that like Whoa now. <laughs> works, I know, works like fairly well, well okay. enough to do yeah. what I need to do. And probably like stubbornness, which can be good and bad depending mm -hmm. on the situation. What I got from my mom was learning how to talk to human beings. That's good. We need that in this world. Hey. Important. And so yeah. I grew up experiencing my dad, like being very smart, but just like having no idea how to function like society and talking to people. I yeah. literally don't know if he has friends. I think a lot of people feel that way about their dad. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yay. Hooray. <laughs> We've just discovered something about the human condition. Yeah, maybe. So, peculiar. Yeah, I. it's not like an exaggeration. I think he actually doesn't. But my mom, always, my mom's type, she just like gets along with everybody and yeah. she knows how to connect yeah. and how to talk. And I think I grew up seeing like, oh, let's see how people treat my mom versus how people treat my dad. Like I, I want to be treated like how people treat my mom. And so I think... There's a little bit of that Jesse Nacroix. I can't pronounce French, but you know, it is that sort of indescribable and quality. Yeah, yeah. See, wow, see, <laughs> she's so good. That's why she went to Yale. Day 112 on French Duolingo, guys. Very, <laughs> very, very impressive. That's sort of ineffable and describable. Like she's <laughs> lovely and fun to be around. So yeah. like you take like that the brain and determination from my dad. And my mom's smart to be clear, but that people skills, like dash it all in with like anxiety and the, following the master plan. It's all falling apart. And then like you basically get me. So, you know. And then here you are. Exactly. Do we have time for, for we have a time. speed round of, of we have level time. three? Level level three. Do Let's do it. Oh, oh, oh. Feel free oh, to choose. What does that Pick mean? the ones you I'm like the that most. One. Level three reflection. <laughs> that was a laugh. <laughs> what am I most qualified to give advice about? Moving. I know how to pack a U-Haul. I know how to drive a U-Haul. I know how to pack a box. I know how to, how to, how to break up a room, how to prioritize what to pack first, um, how to drive carefully. And I can, I'm a good character read for 
for movers, for people who are going to move your stuff and drive. It's like, you're going to be careful with stuff. You're not. Um, yeah, because we've moved about 26 times over the course of my life. There you go. That was like the easiest one of, of the whole batch. That's like more <laughs> times than like the average age of most influencers in L.A. I know. <laughs> that was so specific. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. It's a lot of moving. A lot of moving. A lot of storage units. A lot of boxes. So it's I'm going to reframe that from I'm really good <laughs> at masking tape and putting it on boxes to <laughs> you know how to deal and grapple with change. Coming from. Do I though? Or maybe now, maybe, maybe now. now, maybe now, or maybe from a meta level, learning how to change from somebody who is not as comfortable with change yes. to somebody who's becoming more comfortable yes. with it and giving advice on that yes. process. I feel you are very qualified to talk about the growth of a f human being. It's very kind of you to say, <laughs> I don't know if I am, but I definitely have lots of opinions on the matter. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Napoleon. Well, what, wait, do you don't get to answer? Or are we just doing? Uh, I okay. want to do different ones. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. What would make you feel closer to me? On, well, getting better at pickleball first. Okay, of course. Uh, but on, on a bigger level, um, I, I feel like learning more about the passion behind your business uh -huh. venture because i feel like that's such a key component yeah, i gave you like the venture capital yes pitch you did which i today. appreciate and i oh, love cool. to hear but yeah. like the reason why we all are here uh in, in my head anyway like the i say the purpose of you know existence is life death and love right and so everything has to be tied to that and most things that invoke interest are tied to love so there has to be something passionate in you to create something. So discovering what that is would, would make I me feel closer to I really love you. that. And to what, what I'll say is, I think you're pretty darn cool. Thanks. And I would love to continue <laughs> being friends with you. Please each, and thank you. Respectively learning more about each other. And that's yes. something I can go into more. The spark notes I'll give is I have always from a young age wanted to be creative. And in fact, life usually sucked enough with my dad telling me exactly what to do. I found escape yeah. in reading and books and imagining creative worlds that like, hey, what if I, instead of me in Indiana with my dad telling me to be better at math as step two of my 52 yeah. life plan, <laughs> like what if like I was a wizard and I'm have magical powers and I'm special and I'm different and what that looks go. like. And yeah. I think I so appreciate all those little bits of creativity. It just give me little moments of release that there's always been this yearning in me to like want to share and feel understood and express that back and pass it on. And so I think deep down part of what sparked me to leave the corporate world and yeah. work with creators is because I wanted to be one myself. And I think it's so cool. I get to work with people who are figuring out and supporting them and even more fulfilling that I get to do, I get to do a little, a little like what we're doing now. <laughs> we're creating moments, yeah. right? Just like, right? Your essay or these photographs, this podcast will serve as a point in time of us getting yeah. to sit down and talk with each other for the first time. That is a moment of co-creation and that, that I feel special history. about. I enjoy Documented. the present becoming history as it is. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do one more question. Okay. Now it's all on you to pull oh, out the lucky me. card. Dun, 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 dun. I want to go. I want. I want. I want right in here. Ooh. Now I'm not really sure how to answer this or how we answer. What do I need to hear right now? I think. Do, do I answer that for me, or I guess that would make well, sense. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a shot. I'm not going to be pretentious enough to believe I really know what you want to hear right now. But one thing I would like to express to you is, you are working so. F hard and I'm like so honored and impressed by knowing similarly the mindset you went through before to begin trying to change and shift into something yeah. where you're like I don't know what I'm gonna do next but I'm gonna give myself the space to explore yeah. is really cool and hard and you're doing it and I feel honored by that that's very sweet um yeah definitely definitely uh appreciated um yeah, I guess my version of that is like, it's all going to be okay. 
Yeah. That's, you know, the daily mantra. It's all going to be okay. That's like the biggest unlock, right? When you believe it's all going to be okay, you can take a little bit more risk and you can explore more. The hard part is actually believing that. But saying it helps. And I'm (laughs) the same way. And there are times where, honestly, I am afraid it's not going to be okay. And I am scared. And I'm like, this is stupid (laughs) and everything sucks and it's not going to be okay. And what helps is when I get to spend time with people like you, and be like, well, she's going through her own journey and saying, despite it all, it's going to be okay. So maybe I get to say that too. Yeah. And I guess, you know, what we what we preach is often what we think to ourselves, but kind of right back at you. I mean, you had to you had to step out of the checklist and now you're here in Los Angeles doing what you want to do more of. And I will say, if maybe I don't know if you need to hear it, but I think you're fantastic at cultivating community and making everybody feel welcome. Um, last weekend when I met you for the first time, you specifically went out of your way to make sure that people were being introduced to each other, um, that people who didn't know how to play pickleball learned how to play pickleball. Uh, things that are small, but, but huge, Thank you, you know, so I'm just trying to be go. helpful in ways that when I was growing up, I didn't feel like I always got. So well, you're succeeding. Trying, trying so there you go. <laughs> okay. We are, we are right at time. So, <laughs> Kayla, thank you so much. And of we course. we did it. We made it. We were we were time sent. It was 9:31. That is wow. pretty much on That's the dot. That's pretty phenomenal. See, creative people can be conscientious as well. <laughs> Take that as your final point, viewers. Oh my gosh, and Kayla, it's all gonna be great. okay. It is all going to be okay. Goose feathers. <laughs> Goose feathers, we're out.